Welcome to Business Matters with host Rob Capello, a podcast where we open the conversation on what matters for business. We would like to thank your sponsor, Valley First Credit Union, a member-owned financial cooperative serving the Okanagan, Similkameen, and Thompson. They offer a wide range of banking and investment services for individuals and families. Valley First also has a talented business and commercial team to provide the expertise, products, and services local businesses need to grow and thrive. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Business Matters live stream. My name is Rob Kapal, I'm VP Business Development for the Now Media Group, and I'll be moderating today's call. Um, we are live streaming on Facebook and through Zoom, so feel free to ask any questions. Um, it's a half hour session today, so we have a lot to cover. So we might not get to all the questions, but if we don't, um, feel free to, to circle back and we'll do our best to, to get the questions answered for you from uh, Dr. Amy or anybody else at the, the Adam Hospital. So um, I've been really looking, we're just talking about before we hopped on, I've really been looking forward to this call because you know, we've been trying to figure out how to best do business and effectively work from home. And our focus has been more around businesses and individuals. And we are going to talk a little bit about that today. But there's a part of the family that most of us maybe are not considering might be affected, and that's our pets. Um, so I'm excited to, to talk today uh, about this. And, and, you know, most of our pets have had sort of the um, run of them. They're being a king of the castle or queen of the castle as we've been at work. So now we're seeing, you know, people are being at home and they're taking their pets to walk it every day at 10 a.m. or playing with them through the day, but now they're going back to work. And what does that mean to um, the, you know, the pets? And unless your office allows multiple office dogs or cats, um, you're probably not gonna be able to beat near your pet as much as possible. So, so we're fortunate today to have Dr. Amy Johnson with us. And I, I had his Fairfield Animal Hospital, Amy mentioned today that she's actually spent most of her time at the Self-Mission Animal Hospital, which is a new clinic that opened, I think within the last couple of weeks. Is that correct, Amy? Yeah, so really this is our first week that we're seeing a majority of patients. Yeah. Uh, we've got our licensing all sorted out. So That's we're awesome. still newly opening. So we're working through some kinks, but yeah, uh, yeah we're... Full, full seeing everyone now. Awesome. So, yeah, so um, Sparefield Animal, Animal Hospital and South Mission Animal Hospital are part of uh, the interior pet health group. And you mentioned there's six different clinics that are actually under the umbrella. So you, you guys really do have covered the whole area, the whole region. Uh, and you are, uh, you do have a 24-hour emergency uh, service as well. Is that correct? Yeah, we do. So Fairfield Animal Hospital over on Kirshner, uh, that's our 24-hour hospital. It's uh, staffed every hour of the day. So if someone needs us at two in the morning, there's <laughs> always an incredible veterinarian there ready to help. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining us. I have a lot of questions, so we're going to get started. Um, and like I said, if anyone has questions, please do ask them and we'll do our best to, to get to them as best as possible. So um, thanks for joining today, Amy. Um, before we get started, uh, just maybe a little bit about yourself is how long have you been at, uh, I'll say self-mission then, not Fairfield, and, and how long have you been with the, the team and caring for pets? Yeah, okay. Well, uh, I'm originally from Kelowna. I went uh, to uh, undergrad here at UBCO. Uh, then I went to Scotland to the University of Edinburgh for my veterinary degree. It was a five-year program there, so kind of nine years of university. Then <laughs> uh, decided to do a trade of castles down to California and did some palm trees down there. Uh, so I was down there for about a year and a half. I did a primarily an equine job. So uh, sports medicine, orthopedic work. Uh, then I come back up to Kelowna, uh, joined the Fairfield group and 
Uh, like you thankfully already said, we opened up South Mission. So we're looking to kind of take some of the, so Fairfield does a lot of emergency and it's a right. very busy hospital. So really the goal with opening up South Mission is that we can take a bit more time, really get relationships with our patients, with our clients, do the best job that we can and do general health work, whether it's vaccines or uh, lumps and bumps, uh, whatever, whatever the pet might have. So, yeah. You were, you were at Fairfield before, obviously you moved over to South Mission because it's fairly new. So during the time when you were over at the at Fairfield, what changed for you guys over the last three months being with COVID physical distancing? I think you guys were considered essential services. You didn't close, correct? Yeah, correct. Uh, well, really our business model, it changed overnight. So uh, Monday, we were a face-to-face, -face, you see clients, you see the patient. Tuesday, it was a completely different, more phone service, curbside. Uh, so typically what would have happened is you've got your patient and your client, they come in, bring them into your exam room, you're able to do your physical exam, chat to the owner about the problems that might be going on, uh, talk about treatment plans, how you'd like to go about working up your issue. Now we've got curbside where we can't have that face-to-face -face interaction. So our technician would go out, get the history, bring our, the animal in, we would do our full physical exam. Then I would typically, or one of the other veterinarians, we would call the owner, review what we found and make a plan from there. So we have what a triad, it was a VPC. So the veterinary patient client relationship. And we were able to keep that veterinary patient relationship, but it really changed with the client. So we, it was, we did a lot of the same stuff, but it was different because the client doesn't always see what we get to do. So it's hard to relay that really, you know, we still examined the animal from nose to tail, the full everything was going on, but it, it was different. It was, it's, it was tough, but we had to keep everyone safe best we could. So are you guys doing, are you doing virtual care? I was reading last night about telemedicine appointments. Are, are, are you guys doing that right now? We did a little bit. Uh, so some of the specialists that we work with, uh, they went more to a telemedicine basis. Telemedicine, it's great. It's difficult when, because our, our patients can't talk. They can't say what hurts. So it's, I, I think it's a wonderful service to be able to offer. It's great with modern uh, technology with videos, with pictures, but really it's so, for me at least, I find you really wanna get your hands on the animal and be able to figure out what normal from abnormal. So I do know there are quite a few clinics and specialists that did go the route of telemedicine. Um, I personally, I'd say I did a little bit more, right. um, just phone calls, following up, trying to get a grasp, but it was a lot of drop-offs. So did you guys, what are you guys doing right now to sort of fit within the physical distancing guidelines, even at work, like amongst your team and then with patients, like how, how are you managing the two roads? Uh, well, so clients not coming into the building, that was, that okay. was a big one. Um, euthanasias, we uh, still, we were letting one client come in at a time with their pet. Right. I think that's really important. Um, just people, that's one of the hardest parts of the relationship. Mm. So it's nice that we could allow owners to be there for that, but we really did have to work within our regulatory body as well as the government and be respectful of what's going on in the world. 
So um, I guess our distancing was not having clients come into the building. Okay. Uh, we didn't change the staffing number okay. just because we, there, there was less appointments that we were being seen. However, there was more work. Right. We have more cleaning. There was uh, some of our assistants, they had a checklist every hour, the common contact points. I didn't realize how many phones we had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so phones were being cleaned, keyboards, handles, everything. So uh, I guess in that regard, really our cleanliness really went up. So did you guys see a decline in business then? And did I hear that? Like, did you see um, an actual drop off in, in the amount of business you saw over the last three months? Yeah, so they're definitely, I think everyone's revenues were changed. Uh, it was, it's a bit twofold. It was interesting because owners are staying home more. Right. So they see their pets more. They can maybe see the subtle changes that might not have been picked up when they go to work. Right. Uh, so I think more problems were being noticed. So in that way, we had more medical appointments. Right. But because we everything takes so much longer, we're probably everything takes three times longer. So we're we've got less appointments in the day, but it's more work. Right. Okay. So are there any services that you guys are not offering because of what's happening? Is there anything that right now that you can't offer? Yeah. So well, when it initially first started. Thankfully, we were deemed an essential service. However, we weren't doing any elective procedures. Okay. So general wellness exams, okay. uh, vaccines weren't being done, uh, general spays and neuters, dentals. It was acute problems, okay. uh, ear infections, uh, urinating blood, or your emergencies, of course. Uh, we would see those. So no, we definitely cut down on the basics. Is that changed now? Are you starting to get some of that back into the uh, yes. workflow? Yeah, we have been approved to start seeing more, more of the general wellness, Okay. which so, I think is really important. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no worries. I was just going to say, especially for puppies and such, puppies and kittens, right. where they've got a lower immune system, they haven't built up their own natural antibodies. I think it is really good that we are able to start doing that general wellness because as we know what a virus can do, we want to be able to prevent those in our pets. So is, what type of animals are you guys seeing? I mean, obviously we talk about sort of dogs and cats or sort of, you know, but I look on the website and there's a picture of someone with a snake. Mm -hmm. So do you, do you guys cover um, other than large animals? Do you cover everything else? Uh, well, so here at South Mission, uh, primarily cats and dogs. Okay. Uh, for over at Fairfield, we do yeah. have a veterinarian who's interested and is um, very good at doing exotics. So okay. he'll see your your birds, your reptiles, and such. Uh, it's a, it's not for everyone, so it's, it's really great that we've got him there that's willing to take that on. There's not many fears I have in life, but snakes are one of them. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> have you seen um, a rise in any type of cases over the last? I know there was. I think you guys had sent some information to us a, a month or two ago about a rise in um, cases around cannabis. So, are you seeing anything specifically over the last few months that you hadn't seen before? And I know that's not related necessarily to COVID, but have you seen anything different? Yeah. Well, I guess so. Our 
more COVID related issues that we're going to see, those are, those are different. Right. Um, since the legalization of marijuana, we definitely have seen more THC toxicities. Uh, those are sometimes accidental contamination with CBD products. Sometimes those are something got left on the counter or they're walking in the park and they pick something up. So we are seeing more THC toxicities. Interesting. So what are you seeing? You mentioned sort of COVID related. What are you seeing around with pets? I, the question a lot of people ask is, you know, can my pet get the coronavirus? Yeah. And, and I know we were talking about a little bit before about that. There's, you know, maybe you can speak to that a little bit, but there's not a lot of data that shows either way right now. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So it's, it's such a gray area. It's such a new virus. We don't know a lot. So occasionally we are getting those reports of cat tests positive or tigers test positive. Right. Where right. We don't know. So it's tough. We, we really, we don't know. It do, They do not seem to be a source of transmission at this point. Right. And, and are you guys, if someone um, is concerned and wants to get their test, their, sorry, their pet tested, do you guys do that? Uh, that's not something that we're offering with our group right now. Yeah. So around that, then if someone is concerned about it, is there ways that, you know, the best ways, best practices to protect your pet from potential exposure to the virus if you're concerned about that? Well, I think if you yourself have been tested positive for right. COVID, um, treat your pet like you would treat someone else in your household. Mm. Um, try and limit contact, wash your hands. Um, if you're going to cough, don't just cough directly on top of them. Um, right. Just your general, what the health guide, what uh, the health guidelines have been telling us to do. Right. Um, yeah, that's that's what I would do. Just yeah. <laughs> is there is it okay though? I guess now, given um, that there's a loosening of kind of getting back out and and so forth, and uh, is it okay to take dogs to the dog local dog dog park and let them run around with other dogs? Is is there any concern around that right now? Well, I think well socialization is huge. I think it's so important for your animal's mental health to be able to. Uh, blow off steam, if you will, um, right. and to be able to get that social interaction with their own species. Uh, it teaches them how to properly interact when you go into those situations. So I guess if you've got a puppy, you always want to make sure that they're fully vaccinated. You'll get your three initial series and wait about 10 days after the third before introducing. But as long as your pets are fully vaccinated and you've got a well-trained dog that's socialized in that regard, I think that it's a wonderful thing to be doing for your animals. Yeah, it's interesting because we were, we were talking before I got on a call about there was a rise in um, uh, fostering pets at the start of the pandemic. There was some like SPCAs they were reading that couldn't even, like there was, there was no animals left to yeah. even adopt, right? So, but even you were saying the puppies. So that's one area I'd like to focus on is if you have a puppy or a kitten and, you know, how do you, how do you make sure you're socializing them properly given sort of the restrictions or physical distancing that you have right now? Absolutely. Well, I think, well, there's a twofold with puppies. You want to make sure that they're not exposed to diseases that is going to compromise their health. Right. So you've got your parvo, you've got your distemper, which are easily transmitted um, right. if they're not fully vaccinated. So you've got that. So you want to keep them safe, but you also want to set them up for a healthy, well-balanced life in the future. If right. they haven't seen a bigger dog before, they're going to be scared of it. 
And if they're scared, are you going to get complete fear where they freeze or are you going to start developing fear aggression? So I think really, if you've got, the best thing is if you can get puppies together that are of the same vaccination status, that's a great way to socialize. Or if you've got another adult dog in the house that you know their vaccination status, that would make me feel more comfortable. So really it's weighing the pros and the cons. For me, the pros of socialization are quite big, but it's just playing within the limits that are safe. So um, don't go to places that have a lot of traffic. So dog parks, I wouldn't be taking a young puppy to that's not vaccinated. So a lot of these organisms will live in the soil and it's really hard to kill these organisms. So um, I would be avoiding the greenway with a little puppy. I would be avoiding your dog parks. But if you've got a backyard that you know, um, you can meet up with a friend and you know their adult dog is fully vaccinated and healthy, I would feel comfortable with that. What about training? I think I'd asked earlier too, is, is if you have, you know, you're, you're, you want to get your, your pet trained and you can't necessarily do it in person, or is there online clouds? Are this being done virtually for people now? Yeah, so I, I have seen that there are some virtual resources. Uh, I've seen some ones that are doing uh, weekly training programs where you do online. There's lots of great books out there. Uh, I know right now I'm reading uh, Dr. Sophia Yin's book on, I think it's called Perfect Puppy in Seven Days. Okay. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see, I'd love a perfect puppy in seven days. I don't know the seven days. But she uh, is a, uh, was a behaviorist um, down in, at UC Davis. So uh, there's lots of resources out there. It's just finding out what one works best for you. Right. But yeah, I think that you even when you're not training your puppy, you're training them. Right. And some of the time when they're most impressionable is under 13 weeks. So if you can ex expose them to as much as possible, whether those sounds, it's your vacuum going, it's your lawnmower going, it's seeing people in different types of clothing coming in with a hoodie, with a hood up. It's uh, seeing little kids, seeing really tall people. It's as much exposure as you can. And I guess for us as veterinarians, one of the best things you can do is bug them, play with their paws, look in their mouth, look in their ears, so that when they come here for the first time, me putting a little an otoscope down their ears, it's not the end of the world. They go, oh, okay, I've had a finger down there in the year before, it's not a big deal. Or I lift up the lip to look at the teeth and they go, okay, I won't chew you. <laughs> really, well, yeah. I, never, I would never even think about that, but that's, that's so good point to be able to for them to see different people in different settings and stuff as well so yeah and just hear different pitches of voice and yeah. well back just with um bugging them but one of the things that i get in here is they don't like having their paws touched and owners i chat to them about that a lot and go oh well they really don't like it they pull their feet away and i go well yeah they will do that until they realize it's not a big deal right so every night if you're sitting on the couch just play with their little toes give them a, a little bit of light pressure on each toe because then that simulates trimming their nails so it becomes normal oh interesting that's the, those are very great points actually to give especially new pet owners <laughs> yeah, yeah well, absolutely and there are things you don't even think about yeah interesting um so i want to talk a little bit like so we're, i told you it was going to go fast we're already almost 20 minutes in so um i do want to talk about being um obviously pen owners have a real strong emotional bond with their pets right so and and during pandem pandemics, pet actually can help emotionally. 
humans as well, right? And vice versa. So, but up to now, I mentioned before, sort of pets have had the run of the house. And, and now we've, you know, a lot of people have been at home, have been working from home and are continuing to work from home. Um, but some as we're starting to go back to the office, we're going to probably put some strain emotionally on our pets because we're not there anymore. We're not taking them for walks. We're not around as much and we could be causing separation anxiety or the other behavioral issues. So what are, I guess, two parts of that question. What, what are some things we should be looking for that say, okay, that's, that's not, you know, that's not normal for lack of a better word for our pet. And what can we do to kind of alleviate some of that uh, potential issues? Absolutely. I, yeah, this is something that I've thought about a lot that I'm kind of, worried about when yeah. everyone's going back to work so you've got i guess it's different for cats versus dogs so okay. cats are creatures of routine if you move the furniture they can sometimes <laughs> let you know that they're not okay with your redecorating right. so i guess some signs for cats that i would watch for would be um, inappropriate urination or not wanting to use the litter box how they should um, something that I see with that is that they might start using your pillow or they might start spraying in areas that they're not supposed to. Okay. Um, and kind of on that train as well as there would be what's called a stress cystitis, um, where with their urinary bladder, it gets inflamed and they might, you might start noticing a little bit of blood. So okay. it could be a multitude of things. Um, don't think that it's always just just stress cystitis, but right. that's something that we could be seeing. Um, then with the dogs, uh, again, they they like having their humans home. So once, and it's kind of like when you started them with a puppy, you gradually transitioned away from uh, being around all the time. You start off with, say, you can kennel them for two hours, uh, but then you always want to let them out. So um, I guess I've kind of gone around in a bit of a circle there, but um, I guess with dogs, you might start to see a bit of destructive behavior. Um, you might start to hear them vocalize a bit more when you leave. Um, they might bark a bit more. Uh, they might get into things that they're not supposed to. So you're going to, it's going to be an interesting transition, I guess. Um, but I guess ways to transition is treat them like a puppy again. Do it slow from the beginning. Uh, go home on your lunch hour when normally you would say, oh yeah, my dog can stay home for my eight hour work day. Absolutely. They can definitely probably hold their bladder, but it might be nice for them to realize you are going to come home eventually. Right. Never mind. They, I've seen some memes where they see you walk out the door and they say, oh, they're never coming back. <laughs> but just reassure them. Um, maybe some things like Kongs. If you want to fill up a Kong with um, some um, kibbles, some frozen wet food, uh, give them something to think about for a while because if they've got a treat in front of them, it takes them an hour to work through it. Maybe by the end of that hour, it's not as big of a deal as if you just shut the door and just left. They've had something to do. Or, or we have to just make sure that every workplace allows pets uh, to bring to the office in. I will sign no. <laughs> Actually, maybe don't put that. I can't, I don't think I have that power. <laughs> um, how, you, you talked about sort of exercising your dog and taking them out. Does, you know, how often should we exercise or, or, you know, I'm assuming we can overdo it when we're at home or like, oh, let's go for a walk. Let's go for a hike. Let's go for like, or, I'm assuming you could overdo it for the pet, especially now that you're leaving and they're not getting the same exercise as they were before. Yeah. Well, so I think, I guess, over-exercising the most time, the time that I would worry about it most is in the hot, hot heat. Okay. You want to consider uh, temperature of the concrete outside for their little paw pads um that was a big thing at least in california when we'd have 100 plus weather 
right. uh, pads got burnt. So uh, you want to worry about the weather. You want to, um, with dogs that are young, you want to make sure that they're fully developed um, before over-exercising them. But really, I don't think, I, it's so individual. Take your own animal's fitness into account. Okay. If you've always done multiple hours of walks a day, you can probably continue to do that. Rarely, I don't think you can outwalk a dog. Um, <laughs> so I guess consider your own dog's fitness, consider their age, consider the weather. Uh, right. Same for you. If you've never run a marathon and you think, you know what, I'm going to go run a marathon, probably going to hurt the next day. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, we did talk earlier that in Ontario, there's supposed to be snow this week. So when you're saying consider weather, so there you oh, go. Oh, well, yeah, I guess I wasn't even considering the cold. <laughs> So a little bit different when it comes to, um, I think we're still in tick season. Uh, are we considered still tick season? So um, I do want to talk a little bit about that in the last few minutes um, is that, we're, you know, because more people are out hiking now. I think that's what we're seeing a lot of people get, which is great. Everyone's getting a little, hopefully more physical activity, including your pets. Um, what are some things that we should be looked for that we can protect them, that we make sure we're not getting ticks? And if we are hiking, what are things we should do when we get home just to, you know, just to make sure that they don't have ticks? Absolutely. Well, ticks, ticks are definitely terrible this year. I've seen my fair share. I've uh, picked a tick off myself, off my hair, and I almost drove <laughs> off the road. So I would, uh, I think one of the best things you can do is put them on tick prevention. We've got so many options now that will kill the tick if they attach, will uh, make them fall off within a uh, certain period of time that they won't actually transmit diseases such as Lyme disease. Okay. Uh, so you've got chewable products, you've got spot on topicals, really there's so many uh, options that that's the route that I would go down. Uh, kind of start at the beginning of the season, kind of March, April time, uh, all the way through into the fall. Really I would base it on weather. If we're having a mild fall, mild winter, right. keep one then because I've picked ticks off in December here when it's, oh, really? been, yeah, it's when we've had mild, mild winter, uh, then I guess, and then just your basics, get a kind of a fine tooth comb, go over their body, places that they like are warm, um, more secure areas, if you will. So check underneath their ears, check yeah. in their little armpits on their bellies, um, know that when they first attach, they're going to be quite small. Um, and then over time they will engorge over the next few days. So don't always look for something the size of the end of your thumb. They're going to be little tiny things. Tiny. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, Has so it been a bad season? Have you had a lot of pets coming in with ticks? Yeah, we've had a few tick paralysis in already. Uh, hmm. Yeah, incidentally on exams, I've found them where you're kind of, and even me, I was just kind of just playing with the ear and I go, oh, that's a weird scab and kind of looked at it again and go, okay, no, that's not a scab, that's a tick. Wow. So, and they just blend in so well and their body just wants to be flush to the pet so um kind of just after ever after every hike just run your hands through them get a comb get a brush make sure there's in there and then keep them on the tick prevention um at least well with the tick prevention that we're using now it's got it's a whole spectrum so it'll cover for ticks fleas heartworm heartworms transmitted by, by mosquitoes i don't know if anyone's been walking on the greenway lately but mosquitoes are terrible yeah. um, and it'll cover for your gi parasites as well so one little beef flavored chew and you're good to go. Oh, that's excellent. So how, how, um, how often is it, should we bring our 
cats and dogs to um, into for an exam? Like, is it yearly? Is it, I mean, if, ever, if, it, if they seem healthy, how often should they come in? Yeah, I think if everything's ticking along well and you don't have any specific concerns, if they're, we don't, we're not having regular GI upset, if we're not having changes in eating behavior, uh, drinking patterns are normal, once yearly is great. Okay. Uh, then at least with that, we can do a full nose to tail exam. We'll check their oral hygiene, listen to the heart, feel the lymph nodes, uh, and then we can administer their vaccines. There's some that need to be done yearly, and then there's others that need to be done every three years. Okay. So kind of based on your pet's risk. So right. as an answer, I would say yearly. Okay. And then um, I guess within that, then you can choose if you want to do extras, if you want to do blood work, or if you want to solely stay with your physical exam. Right. Right. Okay. Um, one of the questions I had was interesting is that when you go to a, a pet store, you see so many options when it comes to food, right? Yeah. So, uh, and I know that every, every pet's going to be different. I get that. But even, you know, I've even heard people making their own food, right? For yeah. cats or dogs, whatever it is. So, you know, what should we be feeding our pets and how do we know it's what's really best for them? Like, what, is there some pointers you can give people on what they should be looking for? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I think there are, there are a lot of options and the most, most research that I've done and my knowledge is with our veterinary prescription products. So those are the ones we have got everything from your basic health ones to specific disease process ones, whether it's for your liver disease or your urinary issues, what have you. Um, but as a whole, I would, um, I'd stick away from grain-free. So there is a link between grain-free diets and heart disease. Uh, so that's one. And then uh, I, this might spark something, but I would stick away from raw. So uh, I think kibble is the way to go. Um, there are some downsides with raw with, uh, you've got, it's not always the most balanced. You've got a risk of contamination uh, with uh, some types of bacteria, uh, which is some of them are zoonotic. So meaning that the owner can get it as well. Right. Um, other tips, I guess puppies, you always want to keep them on uh, a puppy formula up until one year of age, and then you can transition into an adult formula. Uh, this is just to meet their growing needs. Right. So I guess, yeah. And so there was a big phase for grain free. I would, I would try and stick to something with grain unless you and your veterinarian have specifically talked and said, this is what they need. Right. Yeah. Excellent. Well, believe it or not, we're at our half hour already. I told you it would go fast. And there's a lot of questions I haven't gotten to. So we're going to have to do this again and get through some other questions. So if anyone has any questions, though, that we didn't get to or they didn't get to is, um, you know, they can call the um, you guys. And I'm sure, you know, if they had a specific question around food or about when they should be in a pet it concerns, they can call you guys uh, and get those questions answered. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're we're here pretty much every day. So we'd love to hear from everyone. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Amy, for taking your time today. I know you're busy. So thank you so much for taking the time uh, this morning with us and, and um, answering the questions. And the, the recording is available through Facebook as well. So we'll share it. Um, if there's anything, like I said, that we didn't get to cover, please do reach out to ourselves and I can, we can connect you with the team over uh, um, uh, at Fairfield or South Mission or, or any other of the clinics that you guys have as well. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day and thank you for tuning into Business Matters. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Amy. Take care. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Matters with host Rob Capello. If you're interested in being on the show, reach out to us and join the conversation. 